Do you ever feel like you're going to explode when your child does something that's frustrating you? Or maybe it has nothing to do with your child and it's just that you're tired or hungry or feeling unseen or something else. Today we're going to explore a topic that isn't discussed much, but it's a real thing. Mom rage. That's that overwhelming feeling of anger and frustration triggered by so many different things. Our guest today is returning to the show, and we're so happy to have her back on. Florence Ann Romano, an author, philanthropist, businesswoman, and child care advocate, is going to tell us why mom rage happens and what we can do about it to get back in alignment with our children and our families. Florence Ann is the author of the book, Build Your Village, A Guide to Finding Joy and Community in Every Stage of Life. And depending on when you're listening to it, this episode, it's either available for pre-order or available after February 2023's release. Florence is a member of the Board of Directors at the Children's Research Fund, an incredible organization that supports the pediatric research at Lurie Children's Hospital in Chicago. She's also a founding member of Sesame Street's Leadership Council and is on the board of directors for Female Strong, a nonprofit organization that seeks to empower girls by teaching valuable leadership and business skills. I hope you'll check out the other episodes Florence Ann has joined us for, including Raising Kids Without Technology, The New Paradigm in Education, and How to Deal with Separation Anxiety. Join me in welcoming Florence Ann back to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Your Toddler Interview Podcast, where we feature experts, authors, personalities, and entrepreneurs to help with everything related to parenting. Find out about us at teachingyourtoddler.com and enjoy the show. Hello, this is Mary Jo Tinlin from Teaching Your Toddler. Today, we welcome back Florence Ann Romano to the show. I'm so excited to have her back on the show. Today, she is going to talk to us about an, I, I don't think a topic that is covered very often, but it's it's time to talk about mom rage. And so Florence Ann, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then let's talk about this subject. I'm so thrilled to be back. You're one of my favorite people to, to talk to. And uh, I, I, I love this subject because I do think it's something that is very uh, present, um, but people do not give it a lot of attention. Um, and I think there's a lot of guilt that goes along with also this topic. Um, so my background, I was uh, a nanny for over 15 years. And after I retired from being a nanny, I wrote a children's book called Nanny and Me that helps children understand the uh, transition of being cared for by their parents to being cared for by a nanny or a caretaker. And then I really committed myself and, and, and started a platform to talk about child care and child advocacy. Uh, and then that also uh, was the catalyst for me looking at the phrase, it takes a village. And I realized that that sentence that that sentiment really should not just apply to people with children, that it should apply to all of us. It takes a village for all of us, no matter if we have children or not, um, to have support, to you know, journey um, together in this life, to have arms around each other. So my next book, which comes out in February, February 21st to be exact, it's called Build Your Village, A Guide to Finding Joy and Community in Every Stage of Life, uh, is meant to exactly talk about that, give you directions to the village, give you that phone number to call and and make everyone feel no matter how they have constructed their life, whether they have children or not, that they are owed uh, and deserve a uh, community. Congratulations on the book. That's exciting. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Very good. Good. Well, all right. So you, you started to talk about it, that this is something that we don't talk about, about mom rage and about the guilt we feel from that, that rage. So first of all, why don't you define what you believe is mom rage? 
<laughs> it could be a lot of, I'm sure there are moms out there listening, being like, I think I know what this probably means. It means something different to everyone. Uh, but the idea that moms really have disproportionate roles in the family, probably to their partner, uh, a lot falls on the shoulders of moms. And uh, the rage part of it comes from not a, probably having enough self-care, B, maybe not asking for the help that they need, C, being surrounded by so much stress, so much pressure, all of that, that that leads to kind of you blowing your top sometimes. And let's be totally honest with that. It happens. We're all human. Whether you're a mom or not, we all have those moments where our fuse blows. Um, and so this rage comes out and then you start to think, but why? Why do I feel this way? Why am I having this moment where I'm lashing out or I feel like I've lost control? Well, then we start to actually dissect that. And it looks like maybe the issue is that we are taking on too much. Moms are taking on too much and we're not allowing ourselves that room to actually give ourselves personal time, give ourselves personal space, having a moment to ourselves. We're totally sleep deprived. We're not with our friends and family as much as we'd like to be because we are just completely booked by our children and our families and those obligations. And that leads to that moment of explosion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw a picture on someone's um, LinkedIn the other day with a little finger coming in under the um, bathroom ah, door to a to yes. the mom's toe, you know, and it's like, you, you just can't get that minutes of peace sometimes, especially when they're really little, and they just need all that time and attention. And it is, it's really hard when that, that, you know, you finally, it's like a pressure cooker, right? You finally just, you can't take it anymore. Um, and right. so, you know, what, what do you think, like, is this, is this an American thing? Is it, is it, a, is it, are we just under too much stress? Like what's happening here? Whether or not it's an American thing, I don't know. I, 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 I can't speak to that specifically, though. I do hear, you know, kind of from like, you know, if we're going to go across the country here to France, that they have a very different way of kind of dealing with um, raising children and the and the amount of time that French parents give um, to their children, how they divide their time. This does not make them less or more than necessarily American parents, but there's definitely a different strategy strategy there where they say they don't allow the child to dictate their life. They dictate the life and the child fits into it. I think that's a very interesting um, theory or a philosophy that they have. I know that there's a book and the name is escaping me right now about bringing up, you know, baby, like the French baby or something like that. I can't think of what it is, um, but it's about this philosophy that I'm noting. Um, but in America, since this is where we are, this is, you know, where we live, you know, what, what, what is really leading to this? And um, I do think that there's a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves as a society, especially parents to do it all. You know, we need to be super mom. We need to be super dad. And we see everyone on social media doing everything much more perfectly than we are. And we're comparing ourselves to everyone. That is the devil's fruit right there, the comparison. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, you know, what ends up leading to a lot of resentment and leads to you feeling like you're a failure and feeling depleted. Um, and having these emotions like rage or resentment, they're real. 
and they're not good or bad. We have to realize that feelings are never not good or bad. It's how you handle those feelings that's important. And that's kind of what we're trying to drill down today with this is let's acknowledge that this rage exists, that this resentment exists. But once you acknowledge it, then let's diagnose the problem. Why did it get to this point? And then also fixing it. How do we make sure that, you know, we're, we're taking care of ourselves too. You know, there's, you know, the airplane uh, analogy where, you know, you put your oxygen mask on first and then you help the person next to you. And that's kind of what we're talking about here as well is how are we taking care of ourselves so we can take care of others? Oh, I, I love that analogy. I mean, the oxygen mask. Cause yeah, I mean, they always say you, you put yours on first. Cause if you pass out, <laughs> you know, nobody right. else is going to be helped. Yeah, right. that, I like that a lot. Um, I, you know, it's interesting. I think that 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 part about acknowledging your feelings is really important. You know, that that you can say, "All right, I am angry. I am frustrated. I am tired." Right, and you note that to yourself. And we don't. Sometimes we just like skim over it because we're supposed to be, you know, these achievers and and get everything done instead of just pausing to say, "All right, I am crabby." Right, it's okay. Mm-hmm. 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 And you are able to say that. You are able to say, I'm crabby. Let's look at it other than just moms, just dads, just people with children. You know, we all have those moments where we're like, why do I feel like this today? You know, and we lash out. And, you know, we look at kids, we look at toddlers, they're having a tantrum, and you're like, oh, gosh, I'm so embarrassed. They're having a meltdown. And you think to yourself, well, you know, we're adults and we also have meltdowns. You know, we, you know, we may not be kicking and screaming on the floor, but maybe we really want to. We would love to be able to express ourselves that way. But we have bad days too. We have days where we are overly stimulated, uh, where we are overwhelmed, where we are exhausted, where we are hungry or tired or whatever it is. So, you know, it's, it's funny when you look at how children react to things and how adults react to things. We're not all that different. But here is the difference. We as parents or caretakers or whomever you are, you know, in the life of a child, we are the adults. So we're supposed to be modeling that behavior. We're supposed to be helping them figure out how to uh, grow and mature and cultivate that emotional intelligence. And so we need to take note. We need to take inventory of how we are reacting to stress, how we are reacting to our feelings, because they are watching that. And we are their first teachers. And so we're not always going to do it perfectly. We can absolutely apologize to children when we make a mistake about our behavior or things that we say or when we lose our temper. I think that's a really positive thing to do. So children know it's okay sometimes to make those mistakes, but apologizing is important. Acknowledging the feelings are important. Trying to explain why we feel this way is important instead of stomping or screaming or yelling or hitting your sister or brother. You know, it's all of that. So, um, you know, I know this is a lot to unpack perhaps, you know, and then just talking about the rage part of it, but we do need to pay attention to the rage that we're Mm -hmm. feeling because other people, especially children are watching. Oh gosh. And they, they are little antennas, right? They, they pick up on it. They know when you're angry, they can feel it. Even, you know, even if you're trying to hide it, they, they still know innately. Yes. 
they do. They do. And, you know, again, we want to go back to the idea that feelings are not good or bad. You know, are, you know, that it's, it, it, it's, we don't want our kids to think they can't feel or they can't express. And this is one of my, my, my big notes, um, you know, when taking care of children, you know, when they're young, you know, you're, you hopefully are their safe space. You're hopefully the person that they're turning to, to work through things with. And as they get older, they start to pull away a bit. They're not talking to you about as much. Now, in my family, my mom was always very good about being that place for us when we were young, but also really working very hard on that relationship with us as we became teenagers and adults to make sure that we were still communicating with her. And the way that I think you do this, and this is what I've looked back in you know, my childhood, um, I think my mom was able to be successful with that because she never shamed us with our feelings. She never made us feel like we couldn't tell her how we were feeling. Even if something we did was wrong or we got in trouble or something like that, we were never shamed for asking a question or feeling a certain way. And I think that's what led me to be a more trusting person with people, a more open or transparent person with people was because if it was a safe place, if that relationship was there, I knew that I, I could feel safe in having a conversation. I knew I wouldn't necessarily be judged. And I think in life, it's important that we're all seen, heard, and understood. And that starts in the sandbox with kids. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. really important for us as adults to remember is we're working on those lessons very, very early with children in order to have that success later. I think that is a really important point about the shame, because I think that's where we we feel when we do have those explosions where we can't control it and we just get so frustrated. We have that guilt. We have that shame because now we did let those feelings out, even though we're trying not to shame our kids for what they're, you know, they're feeling because we need them to be able to, like you said, have a safe space. But we also kind of need to know we, you know, we have a safe space, too, as long as you're not acting out in your rage in in a violent way or in a in a hurtful way. Right. And that's always difficult too. I mean, I'm not, you know, maybe less with, with the violent uh, side, but the, you know, with the mean side of it, the cruel side of it, um, you know, we all are going to make mistakes and say things we don't mean, or we say things that are mean. I always say, you know, mean what you say, but don't say it mean. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's sometimes hard to do. You know, I've been there where all of a sudden, you know, I say something to my sister, even as an adult, and I'm like, oh, I said that just to be mean. I said that just to get a reaction. I said that just to dig into her a little bit. And, you know, and then you like, look at yourself after that and you're like, what kind of person am I? <laughs> Why did I do that? You know, I let I let the emotions get the best of me, perhaps. And um, again, it's a very human reaction. Um, But I think just acknowledging you and I having this conversation today, that's what's so important is acknowledging that we are going to make those mistakes. We are going to say things in a sometimes less than desirable way and mean way. But how do we then take accountability for Mm -hmm our reactions or our, you know, the things we say. And that's what this rage is about too. It's probably not a pretty moment when it comes out. Maybe Mm. you're going to go to sleep that night. You know, mom's out there feeling really guilty, taking Mm -hmm. a lot of guilt into that bed with you because of how you spoke to your children that day because you lost your pool. And I know that is something that is repeated millions of moms and dads around the world when they go to sleep at night feel that way about how they handled the day or what happened in that specific moment that they have regrets about. So that's what we're talking about today is how do we try to limit 
this mm-hmm. rage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that it's all going to go away. It's not. We're never going to be able to completely eradicate this because we're human beings that make mistakes. But certainly we can take inventory of it. Certainly we can try to better ourselves and try to figure out, again, diagnosing the problem. Why am I blowing up so often? What am I not doing for myself or what's happening in my life that's leading to more of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Diagnose, like you said, we we want to find out what was the cause of it, take an inventory, and then also figure out like how can I not do that in the future when I know that I'm tired or hungry or frustrated with my spouse or whatever, right? Like how do I know- right or the children also their, their behavior. A lot of times I remember when I would get so frustrated, I would just remember, you know, this is a short period of time in their lives and they don't, they're doing the best they can do, right? They're kids. We want them to be little free spirits. We want them to have their feelings. We want them to express that. And I, and you know, it's, it's up to me to, like you said, be the adult, be the inspiration versus getting so frustrated. And, And I know it's easy to say, you know, outside of the moment, but it, it is really hard. How do you think um, parents could can um, sort of make amends to their children? You know, if if they do end up, let's just say they they I don't know throw a glass <laughs> because they're frustrated, uh-huh. or or sure. you know just yell, or maybe they do spank them, or whatever whatever happens, however that rage manifests. What's a proper way to make amends to your child? You know, besides just buying them an ice cream and hoping they forget. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that works too. I, you know, a lot of the time, but I think apologizing is a really powerful lesson in these moments because you hope that your child, when they see you apologize for behavior, that again, you're modeling this behavior for them, that maybe they will, as they start to uh, hone in and like I said, nourish that, that emotional intelligence, uh, they'll start to realize, you know what? Okay. I'm going to make mistakes too. And when I'm wrong, I should say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that simple, you know, and I think old school, you know, when my mom was growing up perhaps, and, you know, maybe, you know, even when I was younger, I, you know, I would say it wasn't probably commonplace that parents apologized to their, to their children very often. They were mm-hmm. the parents, they were the adults and what they said went, if they made a mistake, I don't know if it was truly acknowledged, you know, because they wanted to be the authority figure mm-hmm. and things have changed now where we are seeing the data that supports the fact that if, if we are open and honest with our children and let them see the cracks and craters of ourselves, that we are not perfect beings either. And we do make mistakes that it gives them the permission also to be imperfect and also to take accountability and to also not be too proud to be able to say, I'm sorry, and, mm. to, and to be able to display remorse. Um, so that's my suggestion to parents, you know, instead of just buying that ice cream cone, which I'll always, I'll always encourage that too. Yeah. Say, I'm sorry. And then go have some ice cream. It's okay. Say, I'm sorry. And then hugs and kisses. And, you know, and you give them a little extra love, a little extra attention, maybe a little extra TV time, a little extra screen time, because you feel a little bad. There's nothing wrong with that, you know, and I, maybe I'll get some flack for that, but you know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay for it to have a cushy moment there. Um, but the apology is the important note. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. The apology is 
It's definitely, I mean, you know, like you said, we, we want to be open about saying we're sorry and taking ownership of, of our feelings. I, I always am so taken aback and watching some of the like kid shows, quote unquote, kid shows where the kids, you know, they, they tell these crazy lies and they tr- tell these things and then they never apologize, which is so frustrating. So I love that you said, you know, we do want to make that a sort of more normal that we do say we're sorry when we make a mistake, because then they know it's okay to say sorry. Right. And, and I know sometimes we don't want to, like, I completely am with you with your, with my sister. When I was little, I did not want to say sorry. And my mom necess- didn't yeah. necessarily make us say that to each other either, because, you know, I would get so frustrated with her too. So I feel that for sure. And, and maybe there's something there where you can also help if you have multiple children that they do apologize to each other as well, right? When they get angry. Yes, yes. And, and that's difficult, you know, sibling rivalry, and you're going to fight with your siblings, you're going to fight with your siblings. I still fight, you know, you, till the day you die, probably. I mean, that's just life. That's just family. It doesn't matter how old you are, you're still going to get in little squabbles. Um, but even as an adult, it's important that we're saying, I'm sorry. You know, I, we got to, again, our children should be saying that to each other. But I mean, how difficult is it sometimes I feel for adults to do that, for adults mm-hmm. to apologize for their behavior, mm-hmm. um, you know, to a friend or a family member or even a stranger or whatever it might be. Um, and so, you know, again, these lessons that we teach in the sandbox to our children, I'm, I, I'm more and more convinced that it, it applies to the rest of your life. We're not really so different, you know, from kids in a lot of ways. Yes, we, you know, become adults and we hopefully become more mature and professional and, you know, our emotional maturity has reached a certain point. Um, But at the same time, you know, let's look at, you know, people that we know in our lives, perhaps Mm -hmm. that struggle with um, certain aspects of their character or their personality or whatever it is. And you wonder, well, who was teaching you? Mm -hmm. Who was modeling things for you? What happened in your environment that maybe led you to believe that this is a proper way to handle your feelings um, or express yourself? And, you know, so that's why I think, you know, mental health and therapy and all of that, you know, this is all related. But I think the common denominator here is that we need to surround ourselves with people that are going to model that positive behavior and also asking for help. You know, Mm -hmm. that we need to know that it's okay if you don't have all the answers and if you need a little bit more support, and maybe that's through a parent therapist or a counselor, or maybe that's opening up to your friends more, your family, whatever it is, but we're not supposed to do this alone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important too. And I think people can feel very lonely, I think, in this journey of -hmm. life um, when they don't have that village. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what's going to make your book so great when it comes out. Um, One last question before I have you tell us uh, where to find you, but can you just give a couple of ideas of, of, we talked a lot about, you know, apologies and learning, learning limits and therapy and things like that. But what are, what are some really good self-care actions that parents or moms specifically could take? I know. I think parents out there are thinking that's an oxymoron. There's no self-care in my life. You know, I can't do that. Um, but again, my, my, my philosophy in life is really all about moderation. It's about the quality, not the quantity. Uh, and so it is imperative that moms are taking that time for themselves. And maybe it's just a few extra minutes in the morning. Maybe you wake up a little bit earlier because you want to have that coffee in peace. So you can sit down, have that coffee, maybe journal a little bit, 
if you pray, if you reflect, if whatever, you meditate, whatever it is, maybe you wake up a little extra early to have that for yourself to set those intentions of the day. Maybe it's making a list for yourself so you don't feel so frazzled trying to remember just up there in the jumble of everything else. Maybe it's a list. Maybe that's going to help you get through the day a little bit more and you prioritize that list. Here are the things that must be done. Here are the things that can fall to the side. I can pick up the pieces later this week. Um, And it's also asking for that help again. And I'm going to go back to that because it could be just this. I need just a little extra time today because I need to fold that laundry or I just need to close my eyes for 15 minutes. So I am going to ask my friend to take my kids home from carpool, from school today, just because I just need that that time to myself that's going to save me 15, 30 minutes, whatever it is. And I know that I can recharge myself in that time. That quiet in the house will mean something to me. So again, small things, small Mm -hmm. things lead to big results. Mm, good. That's great advice. Small things. It doesn't have to be an hour of massage, right? It can just right. be a couple minutes. Right. But do you know, that. That would be do great. That. Definitely do that if you can. I, I will <laughs> yeah, get to that massage if you can. And that's something to make time for yourself too. And maybe that's a goal. Maybe mm. that's a long-term goal and say, you know what? Sometime this winter, I'm going to get, grab one of my girlfriends and we are going to go and we are going to have that massage together and we're going to plan, we're going to have childcare, whatever it is, but we are going to make that a goal for ourselves that sometime in the next three months, we are going to do that. Mm, good. Yeah. Set those goals. Very good. Well, thank you so much for all of this fantastic advice and, and your thoughts and everything. Before I let you go, just tell us, how do we find you? How do we, how do people find out more about you? I, I'm here for you. I think of me as your virtual village. I'm on social media, Florencian Romano. If you go to Instagram, Florencian.Romano. Uh, if you go to my website, Florencian.com, there's information there about my new book. Uh, it's available for pre-sale, which I can't believe I'm so excited about, but I also have tons of other information for you there as well. Never hesitate to reach out. Awesome. We'll make sure that all that is in the show notes as well so people can find you. Well, thank you again, Florence Ann, for joining us uh, yet again on the episodes. I hope everyone will also check out our our past episodes with Florence Ann in the uh, in the podcast. So again, thank you so much, and uh, I hope we'll see you soon. Me too. Thank you. This has been the Teaching Your Toddler podcast with Mary Jo Tinlin. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you'll find us on our website at teachingyourtoddler.com, as well as on Facebook at Teaching Your Toddler on Instagram and on Twitter at Teaching Toddler. So join us again, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much.